Hey guys, we are Emma and Jessica and welcome to our podcast, MSR Files, an X-Files podcast. In this episode, we are going to go over the Erlen Meyer flask. We'll go through it scene by scene and discuss. We'll interject in with our own thoughts. We hope you enjoy. This one was written by Chris Carter and directed by R.W. Goodwin. And you're up first. Okay. I, I just want everyone <laughs> to just brace themselves for the start of this episode. Sales! Because it's the best car scene I've ever seen, car chase I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, I mean, it should be a celebration because not only is it the final episode of season one, but that hang time that that car got was absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Like, what was the need? And what was the budget for them to do that stunt? Like, I have so many questions and I really want to know. Who sings the song that the person made the TikTok of when it's like, sale? Yeah. <laughs> Um, a wall nation, they sing it. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> I can't remember who made that TikTok, but shout out to them because, yeah. honestly, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't know what Chris Carr was thinking when he wrote that, but never mind. Maybe he was at Pictures and Poutine Night, and maybe that's where they came up with it. Maybe that's maybe. where the brainstorm that happened. Would explain a lot right, about guys. It. Maybe. Brainstorm. <laughs> Green Needle. Yeah. <laughs> I can't out. hear Brainstorm anymore without hearing Green Needle. But we've not seen the script. Maybe it wasn't his direction to, to do that over the top, but it probably was. Probably was. Maybe they had money left from the budget. And they were like, well, let's just blow it. Let's just fly a car. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the episode opens with a car chase. The police are chasing down a suspect who like speeds through the town, comes to like... I don't know, it's just like a train yard. Just a bunch of trains kicking about. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd assume. Yeah. So a truck backs up across the road, although why the truck would even move when you saw two cars speeding towards you, one with a police car behind them, I don't know, but never mind. So that blocks the road for the police and it allows the suspect to drive around them, so he temporarily escapes. Uh, more police show up and the guy crashes into some boxes, which look like they're made out of paper. Um, not even wood or cardboard to be able to withstand being left outside in that rain, but hey-ho. <laughs> so he gets out of the car and because he's trapped, and then he takes off on foot, but then he is caught by the police and just pretty much gets barred. <laughs> Yay, then, American I, police! <laughs> yeah, how the turntables, because then he starts batting <laughs> the back. <laughs> yes. Whatever it is. What's it called? Fuck around and find out. Exactly, fuck around and find out. And then one of them shoots him with a taser, uh, but he just doesn't even react. He pulls the wee prongs out and starts running. The officer then shoots him, or shoots at him, and it hits him as he runs and jumps off the docks. Yeah, jumps off like the dock bit and into the water. The policeman look down into the water, waiting for him to surface, and the one who shot him says that he knows that he definitely hit him and that he should be bleeding pretty badly, but then the body comes up out of the water. And then they notice some green splodges on the ground. And that's the only real way to explain them. Just splodges. <laughs> it looks like paint. <laughs> no, it looks like paint. Sure. It doesn't look like paint. It looks like slime. It looks like the stuff that they used to slime people with at Nickelodeon Awards. Yeah, Does that still happen? True. Kids' Choice Awards or whatever. 
Is that what I happens? Up? I just remember whatever it happens. Up. Get your own back. That was slimy. Yeah, that was the Nickelodeon thing. Gunge. Yeah, yeah. Gunge. That was it. <laughs> like the gunge. gunge. <laughs> Green gunge. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So after the opening theme, we see a super that says that Sunday the eighth of May, nineteen ninety four, just a couple of days ago, three years before. Oh yeah. Came was born three yeah i can mass <laughs> three years before my sister was born <laughs> oh wait was that her birthday oh yeah that's her birthday 97 oh three years before she was born <laughs> she wasn't even a thought nice yes so Mulder is asleep on the couch and the tv plays in the background yeah the camera pans over and we see that he's sleeping on his couch and he's got like the wee x-files draped across him like a wee blanket <laughs> It looks so funny. Yeah. And then the phone rings, it wakes him up, it is deep throat, and he asks if he's watching Channel 8, and then hangs up without saying anything else. Mulder switches the channel and then pops a tape into the machine to record the news bulletin, pretty much the aftermath of what we just saw in the opening, and a reporter... It was not is... that fast to get something recording back in the day. It was not. Like, no, I feel like that was not. too quick. Yeah. Because you had to go on... No, no, did you, have, did you not just have to like press the record button? I can't remember, it's been that long. I, I feel, feel like, like there was a whole ordeal. She could put the tape in and press record. I feel like you did it too quickly anyway. Take, yeah, yeah, I feel like it would take a few seconds to kick in. So, yeah, so it's a news reporter is, is speaking to Captain Lacerio. On the, the telly, the captain is pulled away and little side note, Mulder is looking fine here in the lighting as he watches the telly. Then he rewinds the tape to when the captain walks past a group of people who are not dressed as like law enforcement, uh, enforcement, enforcement, they're in suits <laughs> and the, the frame freezes. We then cut to the X-Files office where it is frozen in the same frame and the camera pans away and we see that it is now in the office and Mulder, uh, no, Scully is saying to Mulder that he's been through this tape a hundred times, what exactly are you hoping to find? And he's just like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, okay, great utilization of your time there at work, uh, Baldy, but never mind. But the I would shot of happily her... waste a day like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Me too. <laughs> Let's not lie. Me too. <laughs> but yeah, the shot of her standing behind them, though, they look so good. Like a proper power couple. Oh, for sure. And he presses a button on a machine, and the picture prints out of the current show that's on the telly, which is of the various men in like trench coats and suits and stuff. And one man in the front of the picture is like, just sort of stands out the most, like you can see his face the clearest. But then Scully goes on to say, and all he told you was to watch Channel 8. And Mulder's like, yep, that's all he said. And it's like, you're not really selling this, Mulder. <laughs> you're not trying to get her over to your side. Scully asks if they even know why the suspect was being chased. And Mulder says, as far as he can tell, he wouldn't pull over for a moving violation. Uh, Scully, with the good jokes, she's like, well, that ought to put him on the 10 most wanted list. <laughs> <laughs> And Mulder's like, yep, there's got to be something here, um, something we're not seeing. And then he prints out the picture of the car that the suspect was driving as Scully looks at it. Then she goes on to say, how do you know that he's not just yanking your chain? <laughs> so Mulder asks, why would he do that? And Scully says, well, he has lied to you by his own admission before. And Mulder says that he doesn't think he'd call if there wasn't something there. Um, something he was supposed to see and something that he wants me to see. Scully looking back at the photo it says, then what are you missing? Be cut to the ship works in Maryland. Uh, the police captain, Lacerio, is looking at the picture of various people. Why Why could I not figure that out? Yeah, so, do that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> captain Lacerio is looking at the picture of the various people that Mulder printed out. And Mulder and Scully are just like standing next to them. Uh, various people walk back. They walk past in the background 
and Lacerio gives the picture back to them. But I also wanted to make a wee note of how in this episode so far, all the cuts from different scenes have been like the same frame. So like the first using the thing on the telly, what am I trying to say? The cut using the photo. Um, but yeah. Oh yeah, the transitions. They're really cool. That was the word I was trying to think of. Yeah, but it's really good. Yeah, yeah, I like it. (laughs) They're obviously asking the captain about last night and if he knows who these people are. And he's like, well, I don't know if you're aware, but there are three different law enforcement agencies out here last night. And Mulder asks, hunting a man on a moving violation? Not really seeming to believe um, that is the case. And Lacerio says, I know it's not Silence of the Lambs, but that's what we do. Mulder says, and the man in the... Is it fuck? (laughs) Like, when do they ever go this heavy, flying fucking police cars and smashing them (laughs) off the ground to get someone for a traffic offence? Like, Jesus Christ. Exactly. Or failing to stop wherever it was. Exactly. So, yeah, we already know that he's trying to shite. He's slaving on pish. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mulder says that the man in the photograph doesn't appear to be wearing a badge or a uniform and asks, he's not one of yours? And Lacerio's like, nope, but like I said, it was a zoo out here. And then Mulder goes on to say that he said that the suspect was shot. They look down to the water and they see a scuba diver into the water to start searching for the body. And Mulder asks if there's any explanation why the body hasn't been recovered yet. And Lacerio says that, well, as you can see, we've got our search ongoing. The divers are down there in shifts. And they are quite certain that he will be found. Mulder says it's been almost 18 hours, Captain. Where could the body be? And Lacerio's got an answer for everything. He's just like, oh, well, there's cables and debris all over the bomb. It's a painstaking business. And he, and I, he then asks what the FBI's interest in this case would be. And Scully just kind of like shoots him a look. And Mulder says that the suspect matches the description of a federal fugitive. And Lacerio's like, oh, really? He's like, no description of the suspect has been released. And Mulder's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, I says, well, if you don't mind, can we take a look at the car, please? And Lucerio's like, oh, it's been taken to the impound. Yeah. So we then mm-hmm. cut to the impound. Scully is looking at a folder for the case, and Mulder's just sitting in the front of the car, just making himself comfy. And Scully says that the report says that the car was registered to a rental agency in Gaithersburg. They had no idea that the car was even missing. And she start. She says that she thinks they're starting to waste their time. Mulder gets out of the car and says he doesn't know what the hell he's supposed to find. And he accidentally dropped some photos when he got out. So he bends down to pick them up, and then he moves to the front of the car, where he leans against the, like the jeep that's in front of it to look at the front. And he says they can't make out the license plate in this photo that he's taken. But he looks at the picture and then looks at Scully, who is sort of like looking into the car and calls it over and points out that looking at the car in the photo. If you specifically look at the windshield, you see that there is a sticker on it, and the car in front of them does not have that same sticker. Ooh. Ooh. This is like, oh, it's not the same car. We then cut to the FBI headquarters. Scully's looking at the picture of the windshield and the sticker under a magnifying glass. And uh, she says it's called, I can never remember how to say this word, a, a caduce, caduceus? Whatever that little. Oh, no, okay. Whatever that little, like, swirly thing. So, yeah, uh, toothpaste. Yeah. I know she says it again in Arcadia, but I can never remember how to pronounce it. She says it wrong. Caduceus. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to picture in my head how she said it because I've watched it so much. And uh, she then goes on to say that it's the sort of adopted symbol of the medical profession. And Mulder deduces that only a doctor would have that on his car. And Scully's like, mm-hmm. Um, so Mulder fast forwards the tape frame by frame. And he says that he had the picture enhanced and the plate is different. And it's 3-A-Y-F. Scully asks him to fast forward. And he's just like, no, that's all you can make out. The rest of it is obscured. Mother puts the like the remote thing down. And Scully picks it up and then starts to advance it frame by frame. As Mulder dials a number. 
and it's good old Danny that he's scoring. I really wish we could have got to meet Danny because I feel like Danny is a legend. I was hoping in the 11th season we would have finally got to meet Mel. Like that would have been good, like in the revival, to be like, oh my god, this is Danny. This is Danny. That would have been so good. A nice little throwback. So he says that he needs him to run a Maryland plate for him and a and all that he's got is a partial and it is registered to a doctor or it used to be. Um, he looks over at Scully who has noticed something on the tape and tells her that they've switched cars on us and they lied about it. And Scully's like, mm, why would they do that? And Mulder says, well, maybe the real owner of the car has got something to hide. So the plot continues to thicken. We cut to the MGen Corporation in Gaithersburg, Maryland. And a doctor is pouring some kind of like red liquid into an Erlen Meyer flask. I didn't actually know that that was what they were. Are you kidding? No. I don't know fucking know science. I don't work with them. <laughs> <laughs> I never used them in high school. I think that's an older name for them. I don't think they're really called that that much these days. Yeah. Yeah, but just like a wee flask or like a beaker. A beaker flask. Yeah. yeah so do, 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 do. his hands are inside a glass case and it's got like gloves little holes for your hands go the gloves and we hear monkeys just sort of making a ruckus in the background and Mulder and Scully walk in <laughs> and can we just say this is the guy from he's the professor in War of the Cop Fashions and is he not in another episode yeah. is he in three Oh, is I he in three? Or yeah, is it the guy from Quagmire that's in three? I can't remember. It's either him or the guy from Quagmire that's in three, but I can't think who. I can't remember. All I remember from three is everything. <laughs> the raccoon. So we're taking everything. <laughs> everything else. I don't remember anything else. So we find out that this is Dr. Baruby. That was one of the names I had to write down phonetically to remember how to pronounce it. Mulder walks over to him and shows him his badge and they says that they're there with the FBI and asks if he can have a minute of his time. And he's just like, mm, I'm very busy. And they just kind of dismisses him. Uh, Mulder's like, oh, well, sorry, but are you aware that a car registered to you was involved in a high-speed chase in Arliss yesterday? And he's just like, what? And says that it was a silver Sierra... Sierra? I don't know. I, can't, I didn't write that down phonetically. Uh, I'll call it Sierra. A silver Sierra. <laughs> Do you own a silver Sierra? And he's like, yes. What was it used for? And Mulder's just like, a crime. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and he's like, where are you <laughs> that it was even missing? And he's like, nope, not until you mentioned it. And like, what kind of life do you have to live to not notice that one of your cars is missing? He's lying, though. Exactly. <laughs> but like, what he's found out he's lying. Yeah. But to be fair, he says his maid sometimes uses it or something, does he not? Yeah, the housekeeper. The housekeeper like, uses yes, it, yeah. Car. But I'm like, it's still... It's your, it's your car. <laughs> I don't know, but I feel like if I had enough money to have a second car and have a fucking housekeeper, I might not notice if that's gone. No, <laughs> yeah, true. She just kept it. She was like, nah, it's mine Fuck now. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so Scully goes up to one of the cages and she like goes out to like put her fingers towards it and a mon- monkey just like launches itself out of the cage. <laughs> and then they all start freaking out and Dr. Baruby's like, hey! Stop it! <laughs> Do not touch not my monkey! <laughs> Your paws off my monkey! <laughs> Take from that what you will. <laughs> Alright, moving on to like, before I get the giggles. Basically, he's like, yeah, hey, stop it. Pack it in. Like, they should not be excited. Nothing should be touched. And he's very, like, precious about it. And you're like, oh, okay. And Scully's just like, I'm sorry, I thought they were friendly. And I'm like, they were kicking up the storm <laughs> when you walked in. Like, they were going mental. Uh, I would not be putting my fingers anywhere near it. And Dr. Peruby says that they're part of an experiment. Mulder's like, what kind? And then he asks if he's under some kind of suspicion. Mulder says no, 
And then Baruby goes on to say that he thinks he's answered all of their questions. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have more work than time. What a rude little man. Yep. Mulder thanks him and they walk out. And Mulder is immediately like, did he bite you? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's like, did he get you or whatever? And I'm just like, oh, he's checking on her right away. Like, he was like, don't do it in front of the the doctor. But like, since they're out, like, are you okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, Scully looks at her finger and says, nope, but he tried to. So Mulder checks his watch and says it's almost five o'clock and that they should check with the doctor's housekeeper about the car while they're here. And Scully's just like, no. Just like, I'm out. (laughs) And he's like, no. What do you mean, no? And Scully's just like, right. This is all gone a bit mental, Mulder. Like, what are you on? She says that it's reached the point of absurdity and they're out here in half a hunch of a cryptic of a cryptic phone call chasing down a clue that's based on it and nothing but speculation. And Mulder's like, well, that's all we've got. And Scully's like, well, that's all he's given us. And she's like, who is Deep Throat? They don't know anything about him and what his name is and what he does. And Mulder says that he's in a delicate position and he has access to information and indiscretion could expose him. Scully says that you don't know that this isn't this... Scully says you don't know that this isn't just a game with him. <laughs> He's toying with you. Just rewind <laughs> yourself. <laughs> yeah. A little, a little mouth, a fumble of the, the words. And Mulder says you think he does it because he gets off on it. And Scully's like, nope, I think he does it because you do. And like it backs up into the. Okay, let's get, let's go weird like, fast. It is. But I feel like she's walking away and it's just like both middle fingers up like, fuck you. <laughs> I feel like that is the vibe she's given up. She's done. Yeah. We then cut to Mulder's apartment. And he gets out of his car and starts walking up to the front door. And Deep Throat just like appears from the shadows. <laughs> quite creepily. And he's just like, I'm calling it a night, Mr. Mulder. And this time, Mulder with the jokes. And she's like, my mother usually likes me home before the streetlights come on. <laughs> like, haha. Deep Throat walks up to him and then they start walking. And again, this very scene is proof that you cannot watch the X-Files through the day. Because <laughs> I could see a thing. Yeah, because it's far too dark. But also, you took that much of a pause that I thought you had entered. And I was like, my notes don't start here, do they? Because I've not got the notes for this scene. <laughs> No, no. I had a major panic. And then you start talking again. <laughs> I was like, whew. Yeah. <laughs> I've got them all. I was, I was taking a little sip of my wine. Mm-hmm. Just what, just what a, a cough and a dry throat needs a sip of wine. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, this scene is pitch black. Like, I could see my washing better reflected in the screen than I could see Mulder and Deep Throat. Like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, Marty... Yep. Was down at the Drunken Miss because they I, had pictures of poutine for $5 yeah. again. I think he was Fucking the Drunken Miss, honestly. They keep ruining the X-Files for us. I do. Keep do. your promotions away from the X-Files <laughs> cast. I mean, crew. <laughs> I really want poutine again. Oh, man. <laughs> I need to go. I need to go design the hatch soon. Oh yeah. So as they're walking, Deep Throat says, "I'm surprised at you." Mulder asks why, and Deep Throat says that your level of commitment seems to have diminished. And Mulder's just like, "What?" Deep Throat is like, "I should have expected that you'd be working through the night to try and put the pieces together." But Mulder's like, "Well, maybe if you give me something more to work with." And Deep Throat that says, "Under the circumstances, he's given you all that he can." And Mulder is just like. Just a news report, and Deep Throat's like, Where's a legend? And Mulder's like, Not very far. And then he's like, Oh, it's maybe further than you realize. And you're like, Okay, Deep Throat, like, calm down. <laughs> can we right, just get son. on with it? We're just trying to pad out. Did all this? Oh, yeah. Chris yeah. Carter. Yeah, what a shit. <laughs> and then Mulder goes on a tirade, basically. And he's like, from day one, this has always been on your terms. And he's gone along and been the the dutiful son. But maybe this time we can cut the Obi-Wan Kenobi crap and just save me the trouble. And Deep Throat says... What does he mean by Obi-Wan Kenobi crap? 
I don't get that reference. Uh, this is when you wish you watched Star Wars. Yeah. Not really, but, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Obi-Wan Kenobi. I just don't know anything about his character. What's the whole story? Oh, there's two Obi-Wan Kenobis, isn't there? There was the, uh, what's his name? Thingy Guinness and, is it Alistair yeah. Guinness? Patrick Guinness? Somebody Guinness, and then there's yeah, and then well, he was the first one, and then you get oh, Ewan no, McGregor who plays the younger version. You were supposed to what's that quote I always see on TikTok? You were supposed to something the thing, not I don't know. Oh, I can't remember. My, I can't remember my lack of Star Wars knowledge. All I know is that's fucking Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that matters. Yeah. All the matters. All I can picture now is when I think of you, McGregor, is we're looking at sea otters right there. That's fucking oh, Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> have you seen the video oh. when they've merged that so they have the R yeah. looking back with like a yeah. human's eyes blinking and they're like, that's fucking Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, love it. Deep Throat says that he fears that he's become too dependent on him, and Mulder's like, let me. This reminds me of that TikTok said, let, let me tell you something. Because <laughs> that's what he says. <laughs> so let me tell you something I've got plenty to do without chasing down your vague leads or trying to decode your circular logic maybe it's you who's become too dependent on me on my willingness to pay, play your games so he storms off in a wee huff and Deep Throat calls him back and tells him not to give up on this one and that to trust him he's never been closer Mother asks closer to what and Deep Throat just sighs and walks away and it's like throw them out of baloney like come on <laughs> Like, he's clearly not having it, and Deep Throat is just like, this doesn't give him anything. But at the same time, knowing Mulder, that would be enough to like, just keep him enticed in. He's like, oh, I've got to keep going. <laughs> got to find out. Uh, yeah. yeah. Poor boy. So then we cut back to the Embian Corporation in Maryland. Uh, Dr. Bruby sitting at his desk looking through a microscope. A monkey just kind of like causes a ruckus again in the background. So Bruby looks over at it a second and then goes back to work. The door unlocks and a man walks in, hiding himself in the shadows. And he asks, working late tonight, doctor? And uh, Bruby stands up and asks, what do you want here? The man partially steps into the light. And I believe it is the crew cut man. That's mm-hmm. the man that is in Mulder's picture. And the mm-hmm. man says, he's alive, isn't he? Has he contacted you? And Baruby's just like, please, you're going to have to go. Crew cut man bangs on the cages, sending the monkeys just freaking out. So Baruby hurries over to him and says that if he's from the FBI, he's already answered all your questions. And the man is like, what questions? Baruby says that he's nothing to, he had nothing to say to them and I have nothing to say to you. And then the crew cut man asks, where is Dr. Sakir? And Dr. Baruby says it doesn't know what he's talking about. Baruby walks over to him to to him to him and says please his work is very important you must get on with it and the crew cut man very dramatically is like i'm afraid your work is done <laughs> and then we cut <laughs> it's the sound of like equipment breaking glass smashing the monkeys just run amok in their cages just screaming basically so we cut back to the shipyard and we hear the men on the boat talking asking if they've seen anything they say no and doctor no captain lacerio watches on from the shore and as scuba diver says that they found nothing and the captain says that he's calling them off get those guys out of the water and he walks off and another man gets out his walkie-talkie telling them to bring it in and they do the boat returns to the dock and as they drive by they do not notice dr secure poking his head out of the water and looking around so now we know something's up. So then we cut back to the Engine Corporation and continuing the theme of crazy intros to this episode. 
we see the crime scene photos of Dr. Ruby's death. He is a broom breed, but he's also got like this crazy sound effect in the background. <laughs> Cracked me up. <laughs> it's so dramatic, and for what? I think they're just still trying to bl- blow through that budget. Um, so yeah, they, they got to the end of the season and they were like, shit, we didn't spend our budget. Let's just fucking yeah. blow it all in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Scully is reading through the file and looking at the crime scene photos of Dr. Baruby with Mulder behind her as they walk through the lab, which has basically been ransacked and wrecked. Uh, Scully says that count- the county sheriff's office is conducting the investigation on the preliminary preliminary yeah on the preliminary reports. It's being listed as I can't even say now that you've said it wrong. Preliminary. Yep. Go for preliminary. That, yeah. was close. that was as close as you... Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Basically, the, the first reports they've got. <laughs> Chris Carter wrote it. So, yeah. Scully says it's been listed as a suicide. Uh, but old Muldy does not believe it for a second. And Scully says that, yep, they think for whatever reason, he trashed his lab and killed himself. And Muldy asks how, and he walks over to a desk, which has some glass containers on it. And Scully follows. And she says that he ties one end of a roll of medical gauze around his neck and the other to this gas outlet. And then he jumped. Mulder asks, I don't suppose there were any witnesses. Scully says, nope. And Mulder says, the man that they met yesterday kept this place like he was waiting for the people from Good Housekeeping to show up. I would never have paid them as someone to do all this or do a Greg Laganus out the window. I don't get that reference. Uh, you don't get what reference? That Mulder says, I would never have paid them as someone to do all of this or a Greg Luganis out the window. Oh, no, I don't get that reference either. Like Chris Carr, just fucking write it. Wrong time to make know. a joke anyway, Chris Carr. I know, exactly. Exactly. So, Mulder looks out the broken window and Scully agrees with him and what he said and says that the gauze is troubling. Mulder points out that it's a bit too calculated, huh? Picks up the gauze and says that it's almost as if someone wanted to make doubly sure he'd break his neck before he hit the ground. He puts down the gauze, the gauze and starts walking away again. Scully follows and asks her what else do we know about Dr. Baruby. Scully rattles off his full name, says that he was at Harvard Medical 1974 or graduated I suppose it would be and that he was working on the Human Genome Project and asks if he's familiar with it. Mulder says, yep, it's the mapping of all human genes, maybe the most uh, ambitious scientific endeavour in the history of mankind. Scully is like, right, but there's nothing extraordinary about that. I mean, there are thousands of scientists working on that project. Mulder looks... Uh, Mulder um, like, just looks at a glass, <laughs> a random glass. I don't know why I couldn't figure that out in my head. <laughs> and then he puts Mulder's it just down. just staring at glasses. Ah, he's just moving shit. This shouldn't really be touching since it's a crime scene, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Mulder's like, yeah, but only one who owned a silver Sierra went bungee jumping with medical Ross gauze wrapped around his neck. So he just <laughs> a metal. <laughs> I'm just going to breathe faster. <laughs> the compassion again. Yeah. The compassion. Again, not down. Mulder opens up a metal case. And he takes out the flask, which contains the red liquid. It has a label on the bottom, which reads purity control. Scully in the background says that she's sorry, she's seen the pieces, but she's not seeing the connection. And Mulder says, well, maybe that's just it. Maybe we're not seeing it because it can't be seen. Not in any obvious way. And you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck, Chris Carter? What does that he's mean? Just fucking just yeah. stop fucking around. He had time to kill. He was padding out the episode. It's like yeah. when a Simpsons intro ran on longer than like the usual. They were just trying to pad out time. <laughs> Yeah. Mulder asks, what do you think this is that's in the flask? And Scully's just like, I don't know. <laughs> and the look that she mm-hmm. has on her face is phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> just like, get that fucking five miles away from me. 
And Mulder's just like, well, can you find out for me? And she just sighs and takes it. And asks what, she asks what he's going to do. And he says he's going to see what else he can find out about Dr. Terence Allen Berube. And uh, Scully then says, okay, Mulder, but I'm warning you. This is monkey pee. You're on your own. And his wee smile. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I know. It's so cute. So cute. They're so precious. <laughs> we then find out that it's 6.30pm. Mulder rolls up to Dr. Maruby's house. He gets out the car and rings the doorbell. And he picks up a piece of post, which we did address. He then goes round the back and walks to the side of the house. And he sees that the window to the cellar is open. And just decides to climb inside this man's house. So thought, fuck it. Let's go yep. for it. We then cut to Georgetown University, the microbiology department. And Dr. Carpenter is putting like a sample of what was in the flask into a machine with a microscope. Uh, Scully stands next to her and she says that this first impression is that it's some kind of bacteria sample and asks where she got it. Scully says it was recovered at a crime scene and Dr. Carpenter, I can't the jokes in this episode. She's like, well, we've come a long way from Colonel Mustard in the den with the rope, haven't we? And ha ha ha, Scully just <laughs> It's so cute. She says that she's expecting it, it's her out to be nothing. And Dr. Carpenter, looking at the screen, she's like, no, you've definitely got something here. So Stop being so sceptic, Scully. <laughs> <laughs> she zooms in and it's bacteria and Scully asks what they are and Carpenter says it's the size of bacteria but no bacteria that she has ever seen and Scully asks how what do you mean? Carpenter says well most bacteria are symmetrical and smooth and she says that these are she doesn't know but it's strange Scully asks if she oh, Scully's like well you have no way of identifying them and Dr. Carpenter says that we could do a freeze factor, fracture uh, take a thin slice off and see what's going inside going on inside these babies, if you don't mind waiting. And Scully's like, no, no, I'll wait. <laughs> and I love her little shirt and waistcoat thing that she's going on here. It's, it's, it's her. Yeah. It's a good look. So, it's 7.45pm. Mulder has been inside this man's house for, what, an hour and 15 minutes? Still doing his shenanigans. He goes into the office <laughs> and sits down in his chair. This has a wee rifle through his stuff and he sees a phone bill and notes that there are many calls to the same number. Gives Danny a wee phone and gets him to trace number. He hangs up and puts the bill away, and we cut to outside where a white van pulls up. So Mother opens the top drawer, pulls out his keys, and he pockets them. Just, just stealing shit from this guy now. <laughs> and the phone rings. Yeah, he's just, he's just being a little scamp. Yep. Um, so just the usual. And Mulder answers. And outside, the crew cut man is sitting in the front seat, with his headphones on, or like Sally dish in his hand to pick up the call. And Mulder comments that that was fast, thinking it is Danny. But then we find out it's Doctor Sakir, and he's like, "Terry, is that you?" And Mulder's just like, "Yeah." <laughs> so we cut to Sakir, who's standing in a phone booth, and he's just like, "Oh my god, they shot me, Terry!" But I mean, <laughs> if you're phoning a guy. You're obviously, like, in this situation... You know what his voice sounds like. Yeah, you're close enough to him, you would know what his fucking voice sounded like. Fucking whack. So, outside... Apparently not. Exactly, because, like, that fucking doctor sounded nothing like Mulder. So, I don't, I don't know. Sakira's been spending too much time with the water. He's got a world of deers. He can't hear a thing. So, outside, the crew-cut man is listening to this phone call intently, and we... Uh, Sakir says that he's been in the water for three days and that he's hurt. So there's a lot of cutting backwards and forwards into the person who's talking. Mulder asks, where is he? And Sakir says that he's at a payphone and Mulder says he's going to pick them up and asks where he is. We cut to Sakir who grabs his wound in pain as a man in a leather jacket walks by. Um, he then slumps down against the glass and the man stops. The man stops to help him but as Mulder on the phone is like calling out to him being like, oh, like, are you there? Hello? What's happening? So this stranger that has walked past, this this good Samaritan 
as answers the phone and said that this man's been hurt and that he thinks he's needing medical attention and that he's in pretty bad shape. Mulder's just like, what's the street? What's the street? And my man's just like, nope, I'm going to call an ambulance. Bye. <laughs> hangs up. <laughs> yeah. So close yet so far. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> so the man hangs up and Mulder takes a wee tantrum and slams the phone down and then the phone rings again. So he picks it up and he's just like, don't hang up. And then we find out that it's Danny and he's like, oh, hi, Danny. <laughs> so the crew cut man outside takes off his headphones and drives off and Mulder is taking down the address of the number that he traced. And as he does, he sees the white van outside. Just as it speeds off and Mulder's like, yep, I'm, go ahead, I'm writing it down. So Danny says the number belongs to a company called Zeus Storage and then like writes down the address. It's at 16 Pandora Street. Danny hangs up and so does Mulder and then we cut to Maryland. Just somewhere in Maryland. <laughs> just cutting about the streets. Yeah, it's very nondescript, isn't it? It's like, it's street, Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> Get over it. That's the X-Fell, trying to figure out where they are. Yeah. Looks awfully like Vancouver. <laughs> so an ambulance speeds down the road, which is carrying secure. A man is putting an oxygen mask over his mouth while the other's talking into like headphones on a call. The paramedic says that they've got a white male, 40, weak vitals, signs of severe dyspnea and hypertension. He also appears to have green fluid coming out from a wound on his right upper quadrant. The other man takes the oxygen mask off and starts taping up the wound. The person who's on the other side of the call, he's like, I don't know what that is, um, but is he responding to ventilation? They say that no, and that they're noticing the rope veins at the neck and a hypersonic-sounding chest. He's going real blue on us now. There's a lot of medical jargon in there. I don't know how to pronounce it. So the man on the other side of the phone says, like, okay, you've got tension to a thorax. I want you to perform a thoracotomy, sure, and release the pressure in his chest. <laughs> I won't go that. Yep. So yeah, basically, they're going to do a needle compression, uh, decompression. So they do it as they pop the needle in, secure's head lifts up, and we hear like air rushing out. Um, and as it does, they cry out, cover their eyes. The ambulance starts swerving on the road. The man on the other side of the call is like, yo, what's happening? So the driver falls out, secure pulls the needle out. The person on the other side of the phone is still trying to like get in touch with them, but Sakir opens the door and runs out of the ambulance, just on foot, and leaves. So then we cut to Georgetown University, microbiology department again. Scully is calling Mulder, and he answers the phone, Mulder, and she's just like, it's me, and oh, it's so iconic. <laughs> so Mulder is driving, using the phone and driving, tut tut tut. Was the 90s, but yeah, still. Get off your fucking phone. <laughs> so Mulder says, um, he's alive, Scully. And she's just like, who? And Mulder says that the fugitive, the driver of the Silver Sierra, and that he called the doctor's house while he was there. I think Scully's used to shenanigans by now because she doesn't even like ask, like, why are you at the doctor's house? And how did you answer the phone? <laughs> and she's just like, where is he now? Yeah. And Mulder says, that doesn't know, and so where are you? She says that she's at the Georgetown Microbiology Department and that she's got something for you. She says, is it smaller than a Silver Sierra? And she walks over to Dr. Carpenter, who's sitting at the computer, and she's like, yup. And it's not uh, much smaller, and it's not silver, it's green. Mulder asks what it is, and then on the computer we see a picture of the freeze fracture, green with little blue spots on it. Uh, Scully says it's some kind of bacteria, each containing virus, and it looks as if Bruby may have been cloning them. They also contain something that looks like chloroplasts, plant cells, but, but they've never seen anything like it here. 
Mulder asks if there's any idea what he could have been doing with them. And Scully says, well, the only reason why you clone a virus inside a bacteria is in order to inject it into something living. It's called gene therapy and it's still highly experimental. Mulder says, well, maybe that's what he was doing with the monkeys. Can they tell you anything else there? Scully says, yep, they're just about to run some primary cell cultures and the DNA sequence. Uh, she says, now, I may be understanding the strangeness of this molar, but bacteria like this, it may have existed, but not for millions of years. Not since before our ancestors first crawled out of the sea. So we cut to Mulder, who pulls up outside zoo storage, and she he doesn't answer her, and she's just like, yo, were you there? And he still doesn't answer. He's been really, really weird about it. And she's just like, yo, Mulder. And he's like, yeah, it's going to keep up the good work. And then he just, like, hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, just dismisses her. I'm like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, so Mulder so strange. Yeah, yes, he's he's uh, having a mad one. He's taking a funny turn. Mulder walks inside Zeus storage and down the stairs. He sees a number of doors and he looks through the keys and sees one is marked 1056. And he walks to the door with the corresponding number and he unlocks it and slides it open. And inside he sees these glass cases. And, and yeah, they just look like weird, like fish tanks. <laughs> and they're each hooked up to various computers and inside each case is a naked man, perfectly still, and as he walks past them, he's just like, what the fuck? He cannot believe it. And suddenly, one of them moves and Mulder realises that they're all alive and breathing underwater. Bum bum bum. Freaky. Crazy fucking shit. Crazy shit. Is it me there? Yeah. <laughs> I probably just said, fuck. yeah. <sighs> I'm going to tell you right now, they're not that detailed because I could be fucked. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So. It's not a great episode. So we cut to, like, we get the super that reads... Georgetown University Microbiology Department, 11.45pm. Scully is asleep on the sofa and Dr. Carpenter comes in and wakes her. And like Scully must have been like fucking out because Dr. Carpenter literally comes in. Oh, I'm slurring. Only had a, a ton of cider. It literally comes in, slams the fucking door shut and Scully doesn't wake up. She has to go over and shake her shoulder. And I'm just like... Yeah. What the fuck, Scully? I would have been like, what the fuck's going on? As soon as that door closed. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she is KO'd. So here's the tea. Dr. Carpenter says she's been working on the bacteria samples Scully gave her and she shows her a gene sequence. She explains how there are four nucle- nucleotides, I think how it was said, and that they're basically building blocks of life. And everything on Earth is made up of these four building blocks. She then says the gene sequence from the bacteria sample that Scully gave her has gaps in it and that they found another base pair, fifth and sixth nucleotide, which could only mean that what Scully gave them would have to be extraterrestrial in nature because everything from this planet is made up of these four building blocks. So Scully's like, nah, no way. <laughs> not happening, bitch. No. She's like, I am not going to call Mulder and say this shit is extraterrestrial. I'll yeah. never hear the fucking end of it. <laughs> yep. yep, yep, yep. So she looks, she looks super shocked. She's just like, what the fuck? So then we cut to Mulder and he's walking outside of that storage place where we last saw him with the, the fish men. And <laughs> I just called him that. This is how little I cared about my nose <laughs> by this point. And a uh, white, or is it a white or a grey van? The lighting's so bad I can never tell if it was like an off grey or, 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 or I don't know. It's, it's a white, maybe a white van. No, lighting's really bad. Thanks, Mari. Yeah. So some men get out of the van and Mulder starts to walk away from them. It looks sus as anything. I don't know why he thought he was going to get away with that. And they start following him. So then he starts walking faster and they start walking faster. And then a man comes from across the road, headed right towards him. Can't really see him. He's in the shadows. And Mulder fucking bolts. He's all, fuck this shit, I'm out. And he just fucking leaps over a fence. Like this boy. (laughs) 
I don't, I don't know if that was David or not, but my god, well done. Because yeah. <laughs> he fucking leaps over there. <laughs> and he runs down this alley, absolutely sprints down it, and then he hides around the corner, and then he waits a wee while, and then looks around the corner to see if he's being followed, and no one is there. So he gets the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. So we then, like, he starts running farther away from him, basically, I think. So we then cut to Mulder's apartment, where the phone is ringing, and Mulder walks in, and answers it. Funny how they're just in time to answer it. I know, uh, yeah. Not really, because she says she's been calling for ages, whatever. <laughs> so Scully says, and she's so soft, she's she's like, oh, I'm so, I've been so worried about you. Yeah. And she asks where he's been, she's been phoning him all night. She's like, he spent her whole night phoning this boy. It's like, who are the coprophagists when she just sits with the phone right next to her? You must have sleep with the phone right next to her, because she's so worried about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aww, love it. So, and I don't know why, because he fucking hangs up on her all the time or doesn't respond to her, and honestly... I know. <laughs> that's fine. She deserves better. To be fair, though, his parents were shit. They probably, they probably never even asked where he was. That boy probably could have disappeared for five days and they wouldn't even notice. <laughs> even oh, though yeah, their daughter was sure. abducted, they still wouldn't even notice that he was gone. They'd probably be like, fuck, were you gone? Yeah, they would not have known. Tina and Bill, bad parents. Yep. So, Mulder says that he had a situation and that he left his phone in the car. Scully tells Mulder about the extraterrestrial bacteria and Mulder literally has to sit down. He's so yeah. taken aback by this. He's so shocked. And I don't know why, because literally anything that moves, he thinks is an alien or a UFO. Uh-huh. So I don't know why he's so taken aback by this news, but there we go. So he asks Scully how soon she can be at his house because he has to have her. <laughs> he has to show her something. What does he have to show her? <laughs> so we then, <laughs> we then cut to Mulder. We then cut to Mulder and Scully pulling up outside of that storage place. And Super tells us it's 7.30am. And holy cow, Scully is driving. I mean, it's her car because he's left his car there, I'm assuming. But still, Scully is driving. Alert the fucking news. Yep. Really happens. That's true. So they get out of the car and they head towards this place. And then we get this really cringy fucking scene. So mm-hmm. Scully apologizes to Mulder. Yep, that's right. Scully apologizes to Mulder and not the other way around, as it should be, for just about everything that he does during yeah. the course of a case. But whatever, Chris Carter. Apparently, it's Scully that needs to apologize. Scully says she's sorry for not listening to Mulder and that she should have trusted his instincts. He smiles and says, Why? Nobody else does. And Scully smiles. Like, they both smile at each other, and they're really fucking cute, and it's really adorable. But Scully should not be apologizing here. No, she should not be. She should not be. Should when be does a- Mulder ever apologize? Like, ever? Never. Is there a case where he ever says sauce about that? Nah. I don't think so. Not at all. Honestly. So, then there's this wee cringe fest about believing, because it's Chris Carr, you know. And yeah. Scully's all like, I always thought science was sacred. I don't know what to believe. <laughs> And Mother's like, Mother's like, when you walk in this room, Scully, nothing sacred will hold. And what the fuck is this script? Get in the fucking bin. Chris Carter, stop ruining shit. So, should not be another to write dialogue. No. Saying that right now. So, Mulder breaks into the room and turns on the lights to find an empty room. Way! Way! Get fucked. So, Mulder. So Mulder explains what he saw the night before to Scully, and Scully asks what happened to them, and then who should appear but 
deep throat. Oh. And he says, God only knows. God only knows what I'd be without you. Anyway, <laughs> so Deep Throat, he says God only knows what happened to them and that they've probably been destroyed. Okay, so then there's some bullshit dialogue and I honestly can't. So basically, Deep Throat tells Scully to stop acting like she's blind and open her eyes. <laughs> and he tells Mother to shut up with his conspiracies and tells him that this He's like, this is the scoop, besties. Yeah. He's been doing experiments with alien viruses since 1947. And then Mulder, like a little dork from Cozy Chung's from Outer Space, is like, Roswell! Roswell! <laughs> <laughs> and Deep Frost are like, shut up, you dumb bitch. That was just a smoke screen. So he tells them how they did research with terminally ill patients using alien DNA or whatever. Something oh, yeah. like that. And Something that Dr. Sakar, is it Sakar? Sakir? Whatever, yeah. was one of the people who volunteered. And the treatment worked and it stopped him from dying, but it gave him superhuman strength, excuse me, and the ability to breathe underwater, amongst other things. Sure. Mulder and Scully are like, why do they want to kill him then? And Deep Frog explains that they can't have him walking around. What if he were to need emergency surgery? He carries extraterrestrial DNA and his blood is toxic. I can't believe I'm slurring over so much shit other than extraterrestrial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He also explains that Dr. Sakir escaped because he was friends with Dr. Barubi. Who made up these names? Chris fucking Carr. Yeah, yep. So Dr. Barubi tipped him off about the whole, like, they're going to kill you thing. And there's a lot of back and forth. But the gist of it is that Deep Throat tells them that they need to find Dr. Sakir and put all the information they've been given together before the bad guys. I don't know. Something like that. Like, before they get them. They need, to, they need to figure it out before they do. So then he says he'll have no further contact with them on this matter. It just fucks off. Yeah. I love it. He's like, Peace fuck out. you. I'm not discussing this any further. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. So we cut to Scully and Mulder walking about. No, sorry. Walking back outside. And Scully says she's going to go back to Georgetown University. And Mulder says he's going to find Dr. Sakar. Scully asks where. And Mulder quips he's going to trust his instincts. Ugh. Or use his instincts or whatever. Just no. Oh. So back at Georgetown University, we see Scully walk into a staff room and ask a bunch of doctors where Dr. Carpenter is. And that is so bad here. I'm sorry, but no one seems to give a fuck. And this one lady is just like, oh, yeah, there's been a terrible car accident. Her and her whole family. Um, she said, yeah. like, this is, like, where's the shock? Where's the disbelief? This is your colleague. She was literally here I a few know. hours ago. Now she's dead and you just don't give a fuck. Like, it's so crazy. Oh, it's so bad. So we cut to Mulder. Uh, can you imagine just coming into work tomorrow and being like, oh, my <laughs> sh- oh he died. Yeah. And then that was it. <laughs> so true. Jesus. So true, Bessie. Just like, oh, <laughs> go back to eating your sandwich. Yeah. Well. I'm not gonna let that affect my lunch. <laughs> uh, oh, so <laughs> we cut oh, to Mulder and the Super Reads Barubi residence artist Maryland, and Mulder breaks into their house too because Mulder. So we can hear someone upstairs as Mulder like enters the house, and Mulder pulls his gun before going to investigate. And the way that he bounces up the stairs is fucking <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> anyway, when he gets upstairs, we see like the attic hatch shutting like being closed so Mulder goes up to the attic like the dumb bitch from a horror film mm-hmm. and then Dr. Sakir like attacks him from the fucking shadows and Mulder <laughs> gets sucker punched by him the fuck out. yeah and then like Dr. Sakir picks him up and like got him by the collar and then Mulder despite all of this is like I'll protect you 
<laughs> so then, then the crew come. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's a masochist. He like he likes that. <laughs> so. So, so true. So, yeah. So then, what happens then? So what happens then? Tell us. So then, the crew cut man and a gas mask shoots Sakira, and then Mother's like, ah, as like this toxic <laughs> blood stings yeah. his eyes, I guess, or something. So my eyes, <clears throat> my eyes. <laughs> yeah. So we then cut to a little later where a couple of guys are bagging up Sakira's body, and Mother is like tied to the floor. He's like duct taped his hands around him, and his eyes, mouth, and nose are all like red and swollen from the toxic alien blood. I guess. So he, he I say, I guess that is that is what happens. Exactly. The crew cut man says to Mulder, as we hear like Mulder's phone ringing in the background, that his cell phone has been ringing off the hook. And Mulder tells him to answer it. And then the crew cut man is all like, I don't talk on unsecure lines or some pish like that. And then I think he says something about like, I can't wait till you talk or whatever. Or to make you talk. I can't remember. I didn't actually write that bit down. But there we go. I told myself I remember. I didn't. So, So then we cut to Scully running up to Mulder's apartment. And she goes to press the buzzer and Deep Throat appears out of nowhere again and he's like, he's not in. And Scully asks where he is and he says, I wish I knew. And they're both so worried about him, honestly. And they just want to tag team him. So, so, you're making good points. So Deep Throat says they won't kill Mother because he's become too much of a high target asset or something like that and Scully has evidence of what they're doing and then Scully's like they took her evidence and they've likely killed to get it and Deep Throat says that he can get more evidence and she asks where from or something like that and Deep Throat tells her a high containment facility at Fort Marlene, Maryland Scully asks what they have there and Deep Throat says the wellspring Ms. Gully, the original tissue so then he tells her that if they have Mulder by obtaining this evidence they could be willing to make a deal and that it could save Mulder's life so we cut to Fort Marlene high containment facility and inside we see Scully with her little briefcase and she's looking super fucking nervous and she shows her, she shows her, her basically he said with your medical ID we can get in here so she shows this ID and she makes her way through the facility she wipes her, she swipes her ID and the elevator before going to the 7th floor and we saw the little sign outside this the elevator that the seventh floor is for cryology so she comes to the door with cryology written above it and swipes her idea before entering then she comes to another fucking door there's so many doors honestly this is just taking the piss so she swiped her idea again and nothing happens and then a voice asks what her name is so she steps to the side where she sees a wee window with a man sitting behind that security guy and she says it's Dana Scully he asks her for a company or institution and she says federal government he then asks for a project password and Scully blanks as she looks up at the camera and the alarm and she's so self honestly it's giving away no signs at all that she shouldn't be here or that she's sketchy well done you Scully so the guard looks up at her and asks again for the project password he's arsy about it as well and she says purity control and I'm guessing she just made this up because of what her and Mulder have seen and that Deep Throat didn't actually tell her you needs a password. Fuck's sake Deep Throat good thing our gal can think on her feet so the guard looks at her for a moment before hitting a code into a keypad before the door unlocks. Scully couldn't couldn't look more shocked by this door opening or this working And but the guard lets her in anyway so <laughs> whatever he's not that great at his job no. So he asks her to log in, which she's all shifty about again, honestly. So then she goes to her room with lots of nitrogen vats and cabinets. I'm guessing it is. Maybe it's fridges. I don't fucking know. She pulls one out and unlocks the lid. And it means it's a good... Yeah. As it opens. Fucking love it. So she opens it. Um, she does. She's got gloves on, by the way. PPA is very important, guys. Mm-hmm. 
So she's not just sticking her hand into liquid nitrogen. So anyway, she pulls out a fucking alien fetus. Bum, bum, bum. She's just, she's just, just a fucking standard, wee alien. Standard yeah. Monday or uh, the X-Files. Uh, yep. So then we cut to a bridge at night where Scully is parked and a car pulls up behind her. She gets out of her car and walks towards it with the alien fetus casually tucked under her arm in a box, as you do. So we then see as she gets to the car that it's Deep Throat and she tells him that he's late. Deep Throat asks if she's got the package and she says yes so he tells her to give it to him. You have the goods. Scully's like, nah brah, I'll be making the exchange. Deep Throat's all like I've had enough of you and your partner's petulant little pish. <laughs> enough is enough. <laughs> Just give me the fucking alien baby. I made a deal they're expecting me. And Scully's like nah bitch, I don't trust you. Don't know who you are don't know anything about you. And Deep Throat's properly losing his shit. Like, he's so fucking dumb with Mulder and Scully. Yeah. So he's, he's really grumpy. He's really grumpy. And he tells Scully that a group of children were given what they thought was a routine inoculation with DNA from what she's holding as a test. And this is the kind of people that she's dealing with. Scully asks, why give it back then? And Deep Throat's like, to save Mulder's life, for fuck's sake. What do you think we're doing here? And Scully asks why he'd sacrifice so many other lives just for Mulder's. And Deep Throat is like, have you seen that man's ass? He is double cheeked up <laughs> on a Thursday up. afternoon. <laughs> so he says it's just the tip of the iceberg. And Mulder and Scully are being, sorry, Mulder and Scully are the only ones that can uncover it. We then see a van pull up and Deep Throat asks for, a parcel, asks for the parcel again. Scully hands it to him before going back to our car. And as the van passes, like she pauses at our car door as she's opening it and she glances at the driver and it's a crew cut man and they make eye contact for a split second. So she then gets in her car and watches the exchange happen in her rear view mirror. The crew cut man takes the package before shooting Deep Throat and dumping Mulder's body. Scully screams, no, before they're running over. And to be honest, would you really kill someone? Why would you even hand Mulder over when you've already killed him and got the package? There was no need to hand Mulder over. Could just kill Mulder. Also, why would you not kill Scully, who's a witness to this crime? None of this makes sense, Chris. I'm sorry. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It does not. So she runs over and Deep Throat's been fucking shot, but fuck him, I guess, because you've got to go check Mulder first. And I get it, bitch. Mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> so she check. goes over to check Mulder first. Yeah. You've you got to get the goods first. Boy. Yeah. He's more important, yeah. Fuck Deep Throat. We've got to check on Mulder first. So she eventually stops feeling up Mulder and then goes to check on Deep Throat, who just so happens to have enough life left in them to say, trust no one. And then he dies. <laughs> it's an iconic line, though. Like, I give Chris Carr a lot of shit, but I do like this line. I like some of the little catchphrases he comes up with. They're iconic with the show, but the he rest of the dialogue's do the pretty script. cool. <laughs> He can't do the dialogue, but he can do the one-liners. Yeah, he can do like the little taglines. So when it when yeah. it changes from the truth is out there to something else, he can do that, and they should have just left him with that and be like, "No, yeah. Chris, you're not." They That's should just give him some crayons and paper and be like, <laughs> yeah. "Here, this is this is for writing your script, Chris," and just let the real writers get along with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you give a kid a controller that's not plugged in. So like, oh, yeah, you're playing too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. That's what they should have done. That's it's like, well done for coming up with this concept. Great idea. We're going to leave you here, though, with the crayons. Yeah. Because no. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to get a lot of shit for that. Oh, so, yeah. anyway, we cut to outside Mulder's apartment and the super reads, no. No, we don't. It's Scully's apartment. <laughs> I wrote it wrong. My notes. No. No. Remember, the super reads, fuck me. <laughs> Did you say that? <laughs> yeah. So, the Super Reads, Washington, D.C., 13 days later. We cut inside where we see Scully waking up from a bad dream. She looks at the clock and it's 11.22pm. Is it 11.22 or 11.21? 
It's one of those iconic mm. times in the Xbox, is it not? It's not it was waste worthy. I don't know if I wrote that down wrong. Maybe it was 11 22. Anyway, I'm too busy looking at Mulder to look at things. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys. So the phone rings and Scully answers it. And Mulder says it's him. And Scully asks where he is. And Mulder says, They're shutting us down, Scully. And how many times have the, has this been uttered in the X Files? Oh, God, no, yeah. Do you know who would know? Kathy G. Kathy G. G must know. And if you do know Kathy, oh, please let us know. So Scully's all like, What? Um, Mulder says he got caught. He got called in tonight, and that they're gonna get reassigned to different sections. Scully asks who told him this, and Mulder says, "Like a little fucking brat, Skinner." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm the just delivery like, of what? that line is fucking weird. What is with the delivery? <laughs> he definitely had to have done that shot multiple times. Why did they pick that one? Yeah. Or did they just let him do it like this every single time? I'm like, where is the direction? Uh-huh. Where are you, R.W. Goodwin? Good because you're not right. fucking giving direction where it should have been. Because, yeah. my God, who let that line out like that? What was David thinking? Honestly. No, that makes you cringe who every cares? time. He's got a nice ass, so we'll keep going. Yeah, yeah it's so bad. Skinner! <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, Mulder tells her that Skinner said that word came down from the executive branch. Scully says... Mulder and Scott Mulder tells her it's over. She tells him that he has to lodge a protest that they can't. Uh, she's like they can't, and then uh, Mulder cuts her off and says, "Yes, they can." He's already kicking off his major emo depressed era. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're here for it. So Scully asks what he's going to do, and Mulder says that he's not going to give up. That he can't give up, not as long as the truth is out there. And then hangs up. Cliche, Mulder. So quick sidebar. Don't you think Mulder in this one scene looks a lot like season six Mulder? Just in that lighting. Eh, or am I on crack? Tweet right. us and let me know. <laughs> we'll be hashtag on crack, hashtag you're right. <laughs> so we then see old Drylips putting the alien fetus, which is now in a jar, <laughs> just casually, in the same Pentagon storage room that we saw him in the pilot. And we watch him walk out and lock the door before the titles roll and the X Files theme plays out. So that's the first season over. Thoughts, opinions. What a great first season, though. Like for it. What a great first season. What a great first season. I I know I did nothing but just slay that entire episode. (laughs) But listen, the myth arc. This is where I step out. Yeah. (laughs) On the myth arc. I'm already done because I like the stuff in the pilot with the abductions and everything. And then when I uh-huh. then I was like, oh, "Are we going down this route?" Even though I'd seen Fight the Future, I was just like, mm, "That's not really the route I wanted to go down." Yeah, because that was like season between five and six, so I thought maybe it was going to take a while to get to that. And I was just like, mm. mm-hmm. "Just a bit boring." The whole the whole yeah. conspiracy is like a government conspiracy, or is it actually happening? And all this pish. Uh-huh. So. Okay, yeah. the, and also, I hate my FARC episodes because what happens is they always just split up Scully and Mulder for most of the episode. And I'm like, oh. I'm only here for Scully and Mulder. Exactly. So, I don't care about the rest of this pish. Yeah. So, that, that annoys me with it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it wasn't a bad episode. No, there have definitely been worse ones. Oh, there have definitely been worse. <laughs> so, will we get into episode rankings? Yeah. So, do we think it's better or worse than fire? Better. Space? Better. Gender bender? Bear. Shapes. Bear. Born again. I'm it's the wee girl that has got oh, zero girl. fucking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Miracle man. Oh, I don't know. He's got the cancer. <laughs> we can't let our ranking of this episode <laughs> oh, be controlled by one fucking line. 
Bear, He's yeah. got the kids. <laughs> bear, yeah. Bear or worse than Condiet? Mm, bear. Yeah, I kind of like the myth arc better than Condiet, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Shadows? Bear or worse? Mm, bear. Bear <laughs> or worse than Fallen Angel? I think Fallen Angel is bear. Yeah, I know. I'm struggling. I don't know. No, I think, yeah. I think Fallen Angel's better. So we'll put above Shadows, uh-huh. below Fallen Angel. Fallen Angel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll give you the full list of our episode ranking in season one. And don't forget to tell us whether you agree or not with it. So our final episode ranking of season one. Number one spot goes to Squeeze. Hasn't moved since episode three. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Darkness Falls, Ice, Pilot, Tombs, Beyond the Sea, Eve, Young at Heart. Young oh, yeah, at heart. EVE. <laughs> Jersey Devil, which has no right in that top 10, but we love it. <laughs> Deep Throat. Time to say goodbye. <laughs> Peace out, Deep Throat. Number 12 is the Lazarus. Then we've got Ghost of the Machine, Fallen Angel, Erlen Meyer Flask, Shadows, Conduit, Miracle Man, He's Got the Cancer, Roland, <laughs> Born Again, Shapes, Gender Bender, Space, and Fire, right at the bottom where it belongs. So, there we have it. There we go. For the last time ever. Last time ever? For the last time of the season. <laughs> <laughs> to keep stuff acting like this then. Do you want to do the fans right there? Yeah. There's not much because I only put this out yesterday. Let me just do the fans out there first because there's oh there's, there's quite a few that wrote something really nice. So I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So our eyes for David says the way Boulder says Skitter and he's talking to Scully on the phone. Skitter! This is crazy. Let's get a wee send bite of this. Skitter! I don't know why I didn't get it before. <laughs> a weird little dude. He's a weird little dude, and I don't know why I was allowed in the episode. <laughs> yeah. I should have changed it, but at the same time, it's so fucking iconic. I don't want it to be changed now. <laughs> Who told you that? Skinner. <laughs> Skinner! What a freak! What? Right. What a little freaker. What a weird way to say that. It sounds like he's going to spew. I'm like, are you okay? Yeah. Oh dear. Oh dear. So next up we have at Katie underscore Katie underscore Katie. So this is like a tweet that they've linked that they've already made. And Scully she says they say that Scully gets proof of alien DNA. How is this overlooked until Gibson's arri- Gibson arrives? I think it's because she's convinced they're being bam- bamboozled by Deep Throat until he's killed. Then she's just happy to have Mulder back. Trust his instincts. Yeah. yeah. Good point, yeah. Bamboozled. <laughs> yeah. You've just been bamboozled. Which isn't a sexual thing, by the way. <laughs> I just bamboozled Chandler. <laughs> and then there were some tweets that just had some really nice messages, which I'll read out. Kathy G. Kathy G. It says, I don't really have anything profound to say about the Erlen Meyer flask, which is fair because it's not not a Friday episode, but yeah. Yeah. And then they want to say, but I wanted to tell you how much I've enjoyed your coverage of season one. You're so much fun to listen to. I always look forward to your episodes. Thank you for your contribution to the fandom. Aww, that's so cute. Aww, so nice. nice. I want to cry. Yeah, me too. I like it's been an emotional two weeks. It is. It's nice when people are nice. Yeah. In a world where you can be anything, be kind. Yes, exactly. So at the X-Files chat room pod says, yo, congrats on getting through season one. It's been so much fun listening to your banter th- thoughts and extreme thirst. <laughs> Wishing you an amazing <laughs> season two. You guys rock. Yeah. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. Not wrong with extreme thirst, but... Yeah. Thank yous for the support. 
Mm-hmm. And if you haven't already, go check out the X-Files chatroom podcast. Yeah, it's good fun. And At Home with Spiders says, just wanted to chime in with Kathy G and add how happy I am that I found your podcast too. You're both so funny. I love the depth you went to in each episode. I've been catching up on all the older episodes. Can't wait for season two. Ah, thank you so much. Thank you, Bella. And at Keller McPhee says, firstly, 1 million percent agree with Kathy G. Such a fun podcast. You are, you both are delightful. Oh, sweet. Oh. And then they say, uh, also, I've only rewatched the first 15 ish minutes of the episodes of the episode. But my thoughts so far are I did not realise the whole Super Soldiers and Bounty Hunter storyline started this early. Which is a good point, because I always forget it starts Yeah, I never, on. I always forget. Yeah. And went fucking nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always think it's like season right, like four, They started it this early. You thought they would have had like a, a big plan for it or something. Yeah. But just, just nah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not like it goes nowhere. It's just, it's pretty shit. Concerning ah. how long they had to... To think about it. I know. I mean, I think it is. That's my opinion. I don't like where it ends up going, but that's just me. Yeah, true. She then goes on to say that Scully trying to play with the monkeys is adorable, but I feel like she should know better. (laughs) Yeah. For real. (laughs) Yeah. For a medical doctor, I feel like she should know better. Yeah. (laughs) Also, she loves how Mulder actually listens to Scully about Deep Throat, whether she's right or not, makes him stop and think instead of rushing in with a blind face. Which is a good point. Yeah. Valid. Good points. He actually does listen to her for a change. He just gets bright with deep flow afterwards. Like, he's just like, How can- <laughs> you don't give me anything. Blah, blah, blah. You've got yeah. me chase my tail or some pish. That's not what he says, but you know what I mean? It's that effect. Yeah. He's, uh-huh. he's just like, Meh. Scully says, You're using me. And he's like, Scully's using you. And he's like, Oh, fuck, who do I yeah. trust? Oh. <laughs> he's like, My sugar daddy or my main bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Again, all valid points. And I think that's it, isn't it? That's it, yeah. So thank you to everybody who said all the kind words. That's so nice. Yeah, thank you for your kind words and thank you to everybody who's got involved in this podcast over the last year. I think we're just short of a year since we first started. can't remember when we first started. But it's been an amazing year. It's been a lot of work. (laughs) A lot more work than I thought it was going to be. I really hate myself for being like, why do no podcasts go scene by scene anymore? anymore? I want a scene by scene X-Files podcast and I I just hate myself because I'm like, oh, it's so much work. But we're having fun doing it. That's the important yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of wine has been consumed. Uh-huh, and it's been a great time. Yeah. It's been a great time doing it. So again, thanks for listening. You've got plenty of time to catch up now with the first, full yeah. first season. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at the MSR Files Pod or on TikTok and Instagram at the MSR Files Podcast. And you can send in your thoughts on any of the episodes, the episodes as a whole, or the podcast to the MSR Files Podcast at gmail.com. And you can send in your own spooky stories. I could not think for yeah. like me what our email address is. <laughs> and if you hit the link in the description of this episode or any other episode, you can join our Discord, which is free to join, and you can listen to episodes being recorded live as well as just chat to us about anything you want. Yeah. And I'm I think sad. that's it basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just just a massive yeah. thank you for listening. And we'll see yep, you next season. Yep, see you then. Bye. Bye. Peace out. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough, bye, bye. <laughs>